Well, greetings, friends, and welcome to the Gospel Underground Podcast. This is episode 34, The Chaos of Internet Culture. Well, I am broadcasting live. Well, I am alive today from the Power of Change Worldwide headquarters here in Blacksburg, Virginia. Well, my co-host Jesse Fury and I will be back together uh, riding shotgun uh, into the uh, sunset, as it were, with a new podcast next week. We actually got together yesterday to record something on uh, Christians and governments, you know, in light of all the uh, midterm elections, the happiness uh, spreading the nation in light of politics, the potential for Christian division in light of these things. We thought it would be good to look at some history together of how Christians, followers of Jesus, members and citizens of the kingdom of God have existed throughout our long history under many, many forms of human government. So we were going to do that yesterday, but we got uh, together uh, in the uh, shed quarters to to do that broadcast, and we just kind of had a great time as brothers. We kind of both needed to talk a little bit about how we've been doing and the loads we've been carrying uh, on behalf of other people. And just uh, man, Jesse, if you're listening in, man, thanks for that time. And I just kind of looked at him towards the end of a couple hours of just kind of sharing a little bit, and I just said, "Hey, man, I." I don't think we need to do this podcast today. It wasn't the right moment, you know what I'm saying, uh, for Christians in government. But that moment will come soon, friends. It will come after Thanksgiving break here on the underground. Well, it is Thanksgiving week, and so uh, what a great occasion. Um, You know, when I wasn't sure I believed that God was real, Thanksgiving was a little different, let's say. It is possible to go through this uh, week and say, man, I just want to feel thankful and not really uh, know what, who you're thankful to. And so when, when you're a Christian, right, when you believe in God, thanksgiving is certainly different because we have someone, a someone uh, to whom we can actually uh, say thank you for our own lives, for the, for the things that we have, the difficulties and struggles that have, uh, we've traveled in that make us who we are together in our beautiful narratives that are mingled between uh, light and darkness, uh, sin and virtue, uh, all by God's grace, making us who he wants us to be. So enjoy Thanksgiving this week, guys. It is a very special time. If you're just uh, out there thanking the universe, think about it for a second. Um, You might be thanking a rock or something or uh, quantum fluctuations of energy. And thanking and thankfulness is a much more personal Thing. And so, in fact, uh, being thankful, feeling gratitude in the human soul, I think, is a really unique clue to reality, that ultimate reality is personal and not non-personal. And thanking energy is much different than thanking uh, uh, someone. And certainly, uh, those who believe in God are thanking a someone uh, in this Thanksgiving season. So... Today we have a few things for you. Um, the main topic is the chaos of internet culture. We'll get to that in a moment. But since we are in internet culture, my first segment is ruts and butts, ridiculous things under the sun, and beautiful things under the sun. And a few things that I saw on these internets uh, I felt like were r- a little ridiculous in the last couple of weeks. The first one uh, is the Northwestern University strength coach. Okay. Um, Northwestern was playing Iowa in football and it was like five degrees or something outside. 
And this dude, you just have to do a Google image search of this. I'm not going to give you, give you his name. Um, but Google image search Northwestern University strength coach Iowa football game. This dude has on a Smedium uh, shirt. He's a huge man, and it's freezing. Everybody's all bundled up, and he's got this little teeny tiny like golden yellow shirt on which kind of accentuates very, very large upper pectoral muscles, muscles um, and very big arms. And uh, it looks like Tommy Reed could wear this shirt. So I found that a little bit ridiculous and a little bit funny. It's like, dude, your shirt does not have to be that ridiculously small. All right, on to a few beautiful things. In our politicized culture, many times we do see a, a little bit of rancor. Uh, a little vitriolic intercourse on uh, discussions on the internet. And uh, from time to time, Saturday Night Live ta- uh, takes a role in making fun of politicians. Uh, and uh, unfortunately, uh, a guy named Pete Davidson took a shot at a man named Dan Crenshaw, who's a veteran, uh, lost an eye, right, uh, in combat. Um, and apparently uh, Pete Davidson maybe doesn't like his political party, so he kind of took a shot at this one-eyed guy uh, who was running for Congress. Now, the the beautiful thing about this is not taking shots at pol- politicians who've lost an eye in service to their country, uh, but rather uh, Dan Crenshaw was kind of a good sport about it and just kind of more was concerned about how we treat veterans um, and actually went on uh, Saturday Night Live with Pete Davidson. It was really kind of cool. Uh, these guys kind of making jokes with each other and really kind of coming to kind of this uh, really, really beautiful expression of unity uh, in this politically divided time. Um, we could say never forget in honor of our veterans. If you want to look that up, there is a uh, a link I'll put in the show notes, a little bit of an article on this on CNN, but certainly uh, do the YouTube on the video with Dan Crenshaw, Pete Davidson, Saturday Night Live, you should be able to find it. Okay, now finally, the last beautiful thing is uh, Stan Lee, one of the founders of Marvel Comics, uh, passed away uh, in the last couple of weeks at the age of 95. Now, I say this is a beautiful thing because um, whether you like comic book movies, whether you think that they're kind of cultural fodder that shows that we just like explosions and muscles and superheroes. Um, If you want to do that, great. Do that. You be you. Um, But Stan Lee was an intricate part of my childhood. I'll say that because I was a comic book guy. I had comic books in plastic bags with cardboard behind them in boxes that had acid free, you know, where the paper won't turn yellow as quickly. You know, I was kind of nerdy into this and um, and certainly Marvel Comics created some really interesting characters. Now, it's all not roses, right? I listened to a long book, an audio book on the history of Marvel Comics, and there was always in the achievements of things and foundings of companies and people who do things together. There's always fallouts and personal interfighting and difficulties. Um, but Stan Lee really, um, he really invested in this world. Um, you could say for good or bad, depending on what your opinions are, I guess, but... Um, Stanley created some iconic characters, um, and certainly Marvel Comics. My favorite uh, character growing up was Luke Cage, hero, hero for hire, uh, who was part of the duo Power Man and Iron Fist, which uh, was just amazing. Lesser known comic, perhaps, 
Um, but as a white kid in America, I grew up with my favorite superhero being kind of an urban African-American guy who was wrongly imprisoned and experimented on and got, you know, bullet hard skin and could pick up dump trucks, that kind of thing. I love some power man, Luke Cage. Um, but Stan Lee also made a lot of social statements. Um, and one of them that I think we all, uh, can agree on was about racism. And so we'll put this link in your show notes, but this is from something that he would put in comics in a little column called, uh, Stan Soapbox. And he said this, let's lay it right on the line. Bigotry and racism are among the deadliest social ills plaguing the world today. Now, remember, Marvel Comics was founded in an era of the kind of civil rights movement, Jim Crow, that kind of thing. Um, but unlike a team of costumed supervillains, they can't be halted with a punch in the snoot or a zap from a ray gun. The only way to destroy them is to expose them, to reveal them for the insidious evils they really are. The bigot is an unreasoning hater, one who hates blindly, fanatically, indiscriminately. If his hang-up is black men, he hates all, all caps, black men. If a redhead once offended him, he hates all redheads. If some foreigner beat him to a job, then he's down on all foreigners. He hates people he has never even seen, people he's never known, with equal intensity and equal venom. Now, we're not trying to say that it's unreasonable for one human being to bug another. But although anyone has the right to dislike another individual, it's totally irrational, patently insane, to condemn an entire race, to despise an entire nation, or vilify an entire religion. Sooner or later, we must learn to judge each other on our own merits, Sooner or later, if man is ever to be worthy of his destiny, we must fill our hearts with tolerance. And I think he means true tolerance. Where we disagree, we tolerate, right? Or we, where we have some issue with someone else, we tolerate them. We don't hate, engage in bigoted behavior simply on indiscriminate classifications of others. Then he closes with this. Okay, sooner or later, if man is ever to be worthy of his destiny, we must fill our hearts with tolerance for then and only then will be will we be truly worthy of the concept that man was created in the image of God, a God who calls us all his children. And he signs it Pax S. Justia, uh, Justistia, which I believe means peace and justice. I'd have to ask my Latin speaking young daughters but I believe Peace and Justice from Stan Lee. I'll put a link to some of the things he's written in his soapbox over the years. Uh, Obviously, I don't agree with everything Stan Lee ever said or stood for, but I loved his characters. And to be against bigotry, my friends, is a beautiful thing. Well, to our main topic today, um, I've simply entitled the episode The Chaos of internet culture. Now, I'm of the age, right, where I went to college in the early 90s, early and mid 90s, and I was actually an applied computer science and physics major. And so, um, and at University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill, um, there was a real rich and robust computer science department. In fact, on the cutting edge of many things with computer graphics and programming. And so um, this was the era, I believe, that the World Wide Web uh, was invented. I don't have this in front of me, guys, if I butcher this, in 1989-ish by a man named Tim Berners-Lee from England, from the U.K. 
And the World Wide Web basically gave a graphical user interface uh, to the internetworking of computers that had existed under various uh, you know, research projects up until that time. It made the internet usable. And certainly as the 90s expanded and went forward, the internet proliferated rapidly and widely, faster than any other mass communications technology in history. And the interesting thing about the internet, it had all this optimism. Uh, it's going to unite the world. It's going to make the world a better place. Online utopian kind of visions. People actually held these things. Oh, finally, we'll be educated and communicate. And so today, when we look at internet culture, we find something, friends, a little bit different. We find a world where we still have cyberbullying and we have cyber harassment. We have trolling. You know, when someone is called a troll uh, on the Internet, they're just following people around, grumpy, angry, and being hateful. In fact, if you want to read some of the most worst, terrible things, read the comments on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. It's just terrible. And so it seems that the Internet culture has uh, very much a human one. Beautiful things, funny things, interesting things, beautiful and ridiculous things under the sun on the Internet. But the freedom with which people engage horribly, I think we've all seen a little bit too much. And so my topic I want to discuss briefly is this, the culture that we have created on the internet and how um, toxic, how toxic and chaotic it can actually be. I'm going to use two things as a launching point discussion today. Uh, first is an article about the mass uh, reach, the massive reach of internet things. Um, and this is from a website called thrilllist.com, which makes kind of lists of great, cool stuff out there. And it's written by a man named Kevin Alexander. I'll put it in the show notes, the article. And the article is called, I found the best burger place in America, and then I killed it. Now, his article begins this way. He says this, in my office, I have a coffee mug from Stanich's in Portland, Oregon. Under the restaurant name, it says, Great Hamburger Since 1949. This mug was given to me by Steve Stanich on the day that I told him that after eating at 330 burgers during a 30-city search, man, you gotta got to do some colon cleanse after that, my brother, I was naming Stanich's cheeseburger the best burger in America. That same day, we filmed a short video to announce my pick. On camera, Stanich cried as he talked about how proud his parents would be. And after the shoot, he handed me a mug visibly moved. My parents are thanking you from the grave, he said. And shaking my hand vigorously, when I left, I felt light and happy. I'd done a good thing. Now here is where the story continues. He says this, five months later, in a story in the Oregonian, that's newspaper website, news in Portland, the restaurant critic Michael Russell detailed how Stanich's had been forced to shut down. In the article, Steve Stanich called my burger award a cursed, quote, the worst thing that's ever happened to us, end quote. He told a story about a the country music singer Tim McGraw showing up one day and not being able to serve him because there was a five-hour wait for a burger. Five hours, man. I'm going to eat some McDonald's before I wait five hours for a hamburger. On January 2nd, 
2018, Stanich shut down the restaurant for what he called a two-week deep cleaning. Ten months later, Stanich's is still closed. Now when I look at Stanich's mug in my office, I no longer feel light and happy. I feel like I've done a bad thing. Now here's the sad story. Because this uh, burger made a list on the internet, right? Oh, it's the best. His his little mom and pop re- restaurant that his parents had actually founded when he was a newborn baby to help pay his medical bills. This man had grown up and running the business, and it literally got overwhelmed. Now, the sad part of the story, uh, let alone whether he's going to open it back up or not, the article I'll put in the show notes, but it talks about he, he perhaps will uh, open back up. The sad part uh, was when he got overwhelmed and the staff there got overwhelmed, um, he spent all his time trying to keep people happy. Um, and then this part of the article was shocking. He, it said this, They might pay him lip service to his face, but they were never coming back to the restaurant. So they had no problem going on Yelp or Facebook and denouncing the restaurant and saying that the burgers were bad. So here's this dude running the restaurant that his parents created to make money to help pay his newborn premature born medical bills since 1949 selling hamburgers and these food tourists that were put onto the restaurant by an internet article they come in it's not to their liking so they ripped him to shreds in online reviews they were cold harsh and denouncing yay internet more and more we're seeing this kind of behavior where people feel like on the internet they can say things that they just would never say in person. In real person, analog, face-to-face contact, you see visual cues, verbal cues, you see body language, you see whether you're saying something that's actually hurting a human being. But on the internet, no, we're all brave, we're all full of courage, uh, we all have our opinions, we all want to make our mates and our buddies and our friends laugh, uh, so we're going in on everybody. Not realizing sometimes it hurts real people, real businesses, real human beings. Perhaps uh, one of the interesting case studies in the Internet's optimism uh, and then maybe some more recently earned pessimism is a man you've heard here on the underground in his music, a man named Jonathan Colton. Uh, Jonathan Colton, I believe, went to Yale as an undergrad and uh, was a computer programmer who really wanted to be a musician. Uh, and then when the internet kind of hit, he was kind of producing self-made music, free MP3s. He gave away all, still gives away all his stuff for free. Uh, and he was what was kind of like a techno optimist, even though some of his songs uh, sang about the future being kind of crazy and dark. Um, really entertaining music. Uh, my kids love listening to Jonathan Colton, me and my middle daughter, Kyleen. Uh, she's all into science and stuff, too. We just crack up listening to this guy's music. His most recent album... Uh, it's called Solid State. Um, it's more about uh, a little bit of a negative view, perhaps, on the current state of the Internet. And he was interviewed in an article about uh, uh, coming to grips with how the Internet is, quote, turned out, so to speak. And here's a quote, and I'll put this link in the show notes for you as well. He goes, so it's strange and disorienting for me to be where we are now, to feel like the Internet has become this very crowded and sometimes very toxic place. As I was writing these songs, his newest ones, it was about exploring that feeling and trying to sort it out in my own head. 
This disillusionment about how some time ago it felt like we were on the edge of this glorious future where where this technology was going to bring us all together. Now, essentially, Internet trolls have taken over the White House. What happened? Now, for the rest of uh, this look at current Internet culture, I'm going to use a Jonathan Colton song Uh, It's called Don't Feed the Trolls, okay? And I'm going to play it for you right now. He is a Creative Commons free license on his music, so I can do this without fear of copyright uh, prosecution or uh, copyright infringement. He wants to share his music broadly, and I think in a humorous way, okay? Laugh at this, please, friends. Uh, He's trying to make a comment on our current internet culture. I'll be back right after the song to kind of break down some of the lyrics uh, in my own outline to look at the chaos of internet culture. Enjoy. Lucy had a steamboat. Steamboat had a bell. Lucy went to heaven. She still felt like hell, so she only gave it two stars. Worst place ever. She's the kind of person, anyway she tries, always disappointed. So she never feels surprised when she is always disappointed. She holds my hand like I'm a barbed wire fence. Dance like they're watching you, cause they are watching you.
right. Don't feed the com- don't read the comments. I always say don't feed the comments. Don't read the comments and don't feed the trolls, right? Don't give them nothing, right? Well, this song certainly hit some things right on the head and my oldest daughter who's kind of part of a little bit of part of internet culture, teenage Instagram kind of culture, just thought this song was fantastic because it just nails us. And so I've got three headers that I'm using um, and the little commentary on the chorus to close. The first is constant dissatisfaction. Uh, the second point I have is through the noise. And then finally, uh, the mingling together of the serious and the ridiculous, maybe the beautiful and the ridiculous, you might even say. Um, so what I mean by constant dissatisfaction, the song begins with this person called Lucy had a steamboat, steamboat had a bell. Lucy went to heaven. Now heaven, right? At least in the Western tradition is a place that's glorious. Lucy went to heaven, but she still felt like hell. So she only gave it two stars. Worst place ever. We live in a world where everybody's giving ratings constantly dissatisfied with everything. So the song goes, she's the kind of person Anyway, she tries, always disappointed, so she never feels surprised when she is always disappointed. And uh, one of the classic lines of the song, she holds my hand like I'm a barbed wire fence while I'm holding your hand because I have to. And then dance like they're watching you, right? And then he goes, because they are watching you. Uh, The reality of uh, performances, right, that we're doing our lives before the world in some sense. Uh, let alone maybe some more nefarious future uh, surveillance states uh, where the Internet is watching you with some sort of God's eye view of everything you do digitally. You better dance like they're watching you because they are watching you. There's this constant dissatisfaction, is there not, that comes through Internet culture. Seeing everyone's vacation, everyone look perfect, everyone look great, um, and then feeling like you have to keep up, so to speak. And this is deadly uh, to young people um, who really don't know who they are. I had a great conversation last night with my 17-year-old about identity because she's just a loving kid, man. She loves her friends, Christians, non-Christians, across the spectrum. Um, and she's thinking deeply about how those who don't have a grounded identity, what what makes us satisfied with ourselves and who we are? If the answer to that, right, if the answer to that is what people think of me or my, my performance today, my test grade or my athletic performance or how my duck lips looked on my Instagram photos, my selfies I sent, if our identity is based in that stuff, right, she only gave it two stars, worst place ever, heaven, right? This is our world. We're constantly dissatisfied. Now, there's a natural or uh, subnatural after the fall, natural, the current state of the affairs, natural, that we are dissatisfied. We're not satisfied that the world breaks, that we die, that loved ones die. So I think there is a little bit of a background dissatisfaction built into the world. But the Internet has brought this forward in the sense where we have to rate everything, compare everything, and lose the focus of our vision. Because even in the midst of the brokenness of the world, uh, eternity, even places like heaven, right, should be breaking in with hope, not two-star reviews. Internet culture can breed a constant dissatisfaction that I do think thanksgiving, gratitude to God, and grounding our identity, right, our corest identity in relationship with God 
and family and others is a much more solid ground than how many stars someone gives us or how many times they like or put a heart on my tweets or my pictures. Secondly, uh, there's a lot of noise. We have to see through the noise. This world has so many people saying stuff now. It can get quite overwhelming. Colton Song says, Hello, operator. Please give me number nine, which is an old kind of phrase from culture. If you disconnect me, I think that would be fine because all I can hear is talking so much talking. The noise is deafening at times. How many opinions can you hear about everything without simply getting sick of it all? Hey, you want to disconnect me? That might be a good thing. I'm proud of my son. My son's 12 and he doesn't want a smartphone uh, because he sees his peers and his, his people in the world, maybe even his dad on his smartphone too much, right? And so Tommy wants to be the kid in middle school and high school with the Light Phone 2. Light Phone is a Kickstarter-funded little phone that used to just, the Light Phone 1 has just nine numbers. All it can do is make calls. You can leave it at home. You leave your cell phone at home and take that little joint out so you call people. Um, the Light Phone 2 might give you a little bit more. Maybe so you can text message somebody or, or you can get a, you know, tell somebody where you are. Um, so Tom wants to rock the light phone too, cause he doesn't want to be on this internet stuff on his phone. Slowing down the noise, not a bad thing. Now the next phrase that Colton says is I appreciate the outrage. I did the best I could, right? You tried to write something, contribute something to the world. Somebody's, you know, butthurt about it. They're outraged. Well, thank you for that. And then it says, I thought about your think piece. I don't think it's any good. And anyway, I didn't read it. <laughs> I just I just feel like this is so indicative of people making comments about stuff they don't know uh, anything about. And we're all outraged about it. And we assume from these little tweets and little comments that there's some big world of thought behind everything. And many times people aren't even engaging at a deep intellectual level. We're literally just screeching at each other on Facebook comments and it gets uh, pretty ridiculous. And then he says, who writes this stuff because it makes no sense? And he says, I just checked my privilege and it looks fine to me. <laughs> now, I, I think this is probably intentionally a very controversial line in the song, Don't Feed the Trolls. Uh, Colton is a white male Ivy League educated, okay? He's an internet musician, comedian. Um, he's checking his privilege. Well, if anybody is called privileged in our society, it's a guy like Colton, right? So is he against you know concepts like privilege, or is he for it? Is he checking it? I don't think you can tell from his lyric. I think he did it that way on purpose, right? Um, somebody's yelling at him, check your privilege. He did. Looks fine to me. Maybe he's blinded. Maybe he's not seeing his own privilege. We just don't know. But it sure is funny to hear that line sung in the way that he sings it so my first thing is that we have constant dissatisfaction we got to get through the noise at times in internet culture and then the last few stanzas uh in the song are about the mingling together of the serious and the ridiculous uh, a line that reads the flies are in the meadow the bees are in the park girls and boys are kissing and we stumble in the dark and we don't have a lot of time left 
Okay, so hey, this stuff's going on in the world, uh, but yeah, we're stumbling around in the dark, and we really don't have a lot of time left. And I don't know if that's mean in the personal, you know, four score years that we get before we die, our own mortality or some sort of apocalyptic, right, coming ecological environmental catastrophe or some sort of uh, weaponized war or artificial intelligence destruction of the human race. Um, It seems like there's a a glib uh, allusion to doom here. And so what do we do? We clutch your chest. You fake a heart attack, right? Maybe someone can video that and you put it on your Instagram. Laugh it up. And then he says, nothing looks good on me. (laughs) So we're back to thinking about our clothes and how we look on social media. And then somebody called. They want their something back, right? The 80s calls and they they want the haircut back. You know, this kind of stuff we say to each other, which is what? Really funny. Um, and so when Colton writes, somebody calls, they want their something back. Hey, that's what we do. And then the line that I think made my two daughters laugh the most, I'm not a piece of meat. I guess I'd like to be. (laughs) Uh, my oldest said, this is like, uh, uh, a kid on Instagram who wearing a bikini is arching their back and sticking their butt straight to the camera. Uh, and then wanting not to be objectified uh, by people. I'm not a piece of meat. I guess I'd like to be. Is not that a commentary on us? Constant dissatisfaction. Man, we got to get through the noise. And then we just mingle together the serious, heavy, real things with silly, ridiculous things to try to kind of get through this stumbling around in the dark that we do and then finally the chorus there were several bridges in the song i'll just focus on the last bridge and when the bright lights find you bro come on bro don't tase me right Uh, a a silly phrase that might have more serious implications bro don't tase me Keep all the worst behind you, right? Moving forward, it's a common phrase. This stuff will make you crazy. And then, of course, the chorus. Don't read the comments and don't feed the trolls. Don't read the comments and don't feed the trolls. Friends, why? Why? Why does he say that? I think if you want to see... Some of the most hateful, uh, sad, ridiculous expressions from the depraved heart of the human creature. You read the comments and you interact with trolls. One of the sad things about our recent tensions in our society is to follow many African-American pastors and ministers uh, who are my friends, and uh, sometimes I've read the comments uh, where uh, someone is just trying to speak out for someone maybe unjustly killed, um, and the comments and the trolls and the bigoted, racist things that are still said to people today, and uh, things that are done to people, um, just will make you weep make you weep so silly songs like don't feed the trolls are actually quite serious in light of the chaos 
of internet culture. Well, friends, let me uh, let me close by just saying how how can we how can we turn this thing around? Are we just going through an immaturity phase uh, with this new technology? You know, learning how to use something we've created so we can use it more for good and bring out the better angels of our spirit, so to speak, or is this just uh, kind of indicative of the nature of the medium itself? I don't know. Uh, I don't know. But I will say there are a few things I think we ought to at least consider. First and foremost is that, uh, man, gratitude uh, is the cure to a cynical dissatisfied life Uh, when you know uh, that you can thank God that you even have air to breathe when you thank God for other human beings when you have a proper view of the human condition being both beautifully made in the image of God and broken and following fallen and totally depraved when you have that in mind uh, you can deal with a little of the dissatisfaction a little bit differently saying thank you every day to God in simple prayers Uh, will help us to not get into this slough of despondency and this constant dissatisfaction where we're grading the world out in cynicism and anger constantly. So can I recommend gratitude to each of us today on the underground? Secondly, I think the world is too noisy. Um, I do suggest, you know, looking at your own phone usage, right? There's Screen time now on uh, iPhones, iOS 12 and forward. And certainly I've uh, been a little bit uh, shocked at how much I'm on my phone. Um, shocked at how much I feel like I want to say something about everything. Shocked at how much I want to comment on everything. Uh, shocked at how many times I have to bite my own tongue because I want to say something snarky to some internet celebrity person. Maybe we need to put the phones down a little bit and talk to people. I thank God yesterday that my friend Jesse Fury and I just put the tools down for a bit and talked as men, as brothers, uh, about how we're really doing a little bit um, instead of just pressing in uh, to content creation, which I hope is helpful, right? I hope you're listening. I hope you're not trolling uh, my commentary on Don't Feed the Trolls. (laughs) I think to see through the noise, we need to limit some of the noise. Um, get to analog things like exercise, being out in the world, nature, doing a hard work physically, right? Cut some wood, <laughs> go for a walk around the block, play some basketball, talk to some people face-to-face, uh, as well as through the portals and screens that we use. Put them down, get through the noise, get to people. And then finally, I think we need some serious repentance about how uh, glib and silly we've become. I'm, I'm, I'm in the middle of it, man. I, um, sadly, I joke about things that aren't funny at times. Um, and I want to be better at not contributing to making light of real, painful, serious things in the world. But laughter... It's a gift of God. I'm not saying we shouldn't laugh. I'm just saying that sometimes the serious needs to be sober and then let the laughing be laughter. There's a phrase in the book of Ecclesiastes um, that said, better to be at a funeral 
than in the house of mirth. What it means is that a funeral is a serious place for serious reflection. The house of mirth, the party, right? Everybody's silly. Uh, That kind of laughter is like the crackling of thorns under the pot. In other words, thorns, if you throw them in the fire, they burn off quickly. The silliness of life uh, holds up very poorly in the heaviness of the brokenness of sin and the fall. Sometimes we need to pause and reflect on what really matters. Go deep to the core of really what our identity is. We need to find that in uh, a place we could call home, in relationships, in uh, ultimately in love. And no more than the love of God. Greater love has no man than this, than to lay his life down for his friends. That's what Jesus of Nazareth said. Jesus said that he loved people, And he loved us first. And he came intentionally to give himself for us. Why? Because we're trolls. We're trolls. The comments we need to read is this, that Christ died for sinners of which we are foremost. When you realize that you might be the troll, dropping comments and artifacts of your own brokenness onto the world, onto others, and ultimately our sin is ultimately against God. When we realize that, we are in a place where we can be trolls that are set free. And our bravery can be for what is good and right and true in the world, right? And not simply in dropping my one-star review with boldness on a hamburger chain. Friends, thanks for listening in today. The Gospel Underground is a joint production of Power of Change and the Bonhoeffer House. Send your comment, feedback, and or questions you might want us to take up here on the Underground to info at gospelunderground.org. We're a dialogue taking place between the borderlands, between church and culture, and on these interwebs. We hope to see you out there. I'm going to close with one more Colton song, the song Brave, because internet courage is not true courage being sour grapes on everybody putting our own hardened hearts into a bad place isn't the way come away from it my friends have new hearts hearts of flesh given by God forgiven, redeemed, and changed enjoy the song, it's free music on the internet peace
counting up the 